My family has its roots in Ireland, and in 2007, I, I went over to Ireland with my brother and parents and, and was blessed to, to see some of the cousins that my family has kept in contact with over the years. One Sunday, we actually went to Mass with one of those cousins in a, in a small rural parish, and afterwards, he took us through these windy, you know, back roads of County Kerry, pointing out different sites. One of the things he pointed out was a huge flat rock in the middle of a field. It was a mass rock. You see, in the 16th and 17th centuries, Catholicism was essentially outlawed in Ireland. The British Empire was in control of Ireland, and, and Britain had broken away from the Catholic Church, so they wanted to stamp out Catholicism. Bounties were put on priests' heads. Families who housed priests faced severe penalties. Churches were desecrated, yet the faith persisted. And in the middle of the night, families would rise and make the long walk to celebrate Mass, not in a warm and beautiful church, but in a field with a stone for the altar, knowing that if they were caught, it wouldn't just be the priest who suffered a terrible fate. You know, the modern world says, why risk so much for just a religious ceremony? But the Mass is no mere human ritual. The Mass is everything. It is the source and summit of the Catholic faith. Because at each and every Mass, something miraculous happens. By the power of God, through a validly ordained priest, the substance of bread and wine completely changes into the substance of Christ's body and blood, so that only the accidents of bread and wine remain, so that only the appearance, the taste, the smell, the texture, etc. remains. We call this miraculous change transubstantiation. And so, God himself comes down to the altar. Whether the Mass is in the transcendent beauty of St. Peter's Basilica, or at a clandestine Mass using a rock for an altar in County, Clare, County Kerry, God himself comes down to the altar. The Mass is a gift from God. And we actually see that in our gospel today. Our gospel is known, of course, as the road to Emmaus. And it takes place on the first Easter Sunday night. Two of Christ's disciples are leaving Jerusalem and headed for the town of Emmaus when the risen Christ draws near to them. Yet their eyes are prevented from recognizing him until the very end when they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Now, I said this passage shows, how, shows us how the Mass is a gift from God. Um, and we see this in the two ways the risen Christ engages these disciples. You know, he First, he essentially uh, goes through the scriptures and explains them to them. You know, we read that, uh, then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, that is Jesus, interpreted to them what referred to him in the scriptures. And secondly, at the end of the gospel, Christ takes bread, he blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to him. And they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. The breaking of the bread, of course, by the way, is, is uh, the name the ancient church gave to the Mass. Now, hopefully, those two ways of engaging with his disciples sound familiar because they show us the fundamental structure of the Mass. Uh, down through the ages, the Mass has consisted in two great parts. First, the liturgy of the, what, what today we call the liturgy of the word, uh, where we read sacred scripture, followed by a homily, which, which ought to explain the readings we just heard. And then, and then we have the second great part, the liturgy of the Eucharist, where at the consecration, ordinary bread and wine is transformed into the very body and blood of Christ. Now, notice 
that the disciples were able to recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread because Christ already prepared their hearts by teaching them through the word, by opening their minds to understand the scriptures. And so is the case with us. Christ uses the liturgy of the word. He uses the reading of sacred scripture, which is explained, hopefully, in the homily. Uh, he uses all that to prepare our hearts so that we're able to recognize him in the breaking of the bread, so that we are better able, uh, to, that we are better disposed, I should say, to receive our Lord in Holy Communion. And we need such preparation because the truth is that the reality of Christ's presence is an invisible reality. Faith supplies where our feeble senses fail, as St. Thomas Aquinas once wrote. The Mass is everything. The Mass is how Christ continues to draw near to us as he drew near to those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. The Mass is a gift from God. He gives it to us so that he can be with us uh, down through the ages until he comes again. And down through the centuries, Catholics, priests, and laity alike have risked their lives for the Mass, something the modern world finds incomprehensible. Now, I mention that because I was incredibly shocked when I learned that public Mass was being canceled as a result of this coronavirus pandemic. If you had asked me in January or February, I would have bet every single penny I had that such a thing would never happen. And uh, as we all know, it's a good thing I didn't make such a bet. Now, Mass is not canceled. I say Mass every day. Priests are saying Mass every day. Uh, but public Mass has been canceled on a wide scale for over a month, meaning it has been weeks since Catholics have been able to come to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass and receive the Eucharist. And, and please don't get me wrong. I, I'm not criticizing any public decision or any, excuse me, any decision to cancel public mass. I'm, I'm merely expressing my incredible shock initially and, and, and um, really my, my sorrow uh, at the reality. So why would God allow such a thing? Well, look, I don't pretend to have answers to that question, but I do know that he only allows pain and suffering because he's going to bring some greater good out of it. And we can only speculate as to what that good might be. So what I'm about to say is, is just that. It's my speculations. But uh, back in August, the Pew Research Center released the results of a survey which claimed that only one-third of American Catholics believe in the Church's teaching on transubstantiation. That certainly is something which caught my attention uh, and the attention of my brother's priests, given how important the Mass and the Eucharist are. Now you might say, what's that got to do with God bringing good out of the pandemic? And again, this is my speculation, but perhaps being deprived of the Mass and the Eucharist will bring about a tremendous hunger for the Eucharist, will bring about a greater devotion to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass in believers. Maybe that hunger and devotion can be a powerful witness to those who have fallen away, to those who no longer believe the Mass is a gift from God. Perhaps we ought to see this time of deprivation as a time for us to pray that we might develop a hunger for the Eucharist and devotion towards the Mass that those Irish Catholics in the 16th and centuries had. 
that those Catholics who would walk in the middle of the night so that they could bend the knee in a field before a massive rock serving as an altar for the greatest of all mysteries, bread and wine becoming the very body and blood of Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. This pandemic won't last forever. The shutdown will one day come to an end. This too shall pass. And when it does, may we emerge from this pandemic with a more fervent devotion towards the holy sacrifice of the Mass, an incredible hunger for the Most Holy Eucharist, the source and summit of the faith. And may our hunger and devotion be a witness to the whole world uh, that Christ is recognized in the breaking of the bread.